Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Here's Pastor Ryan. This is the angry, vicious, violent kid. That's all gone now. But then, you know, you realize how little patience you have when you have someone with you all the time. And it's the beauty of God's grace in saying, I'm showing, I'm exposing you in your marriage so that you can die to that and embrace more Jesus and, and let Jesus shine and teach you how to be more like Jesus. Clarissa, you know, whatever her, her trip was, same thing in marriage. You get two sinners under one roof and God's showing her, see, it's not that pretty, you know, you know. So then what we do is we, 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 we become a perfect team. You know, it was opposites that attracted my wife and I together. And then it was like to see God put that together where we complement each other, where we are so much alike, where he just melts our world together. It's, it's a work of the spirit. And he appreciates it, I believe, for his glory when he trains us to be like Jesus when we came from such crazy backgrounds. That's what he does. That's what marriage does if we allow him to do. It's a refining process. God has, a, has some things to say about marriage. But one thing I want to bring your attention to is, what does it matter if God gives these instructions if we don't honor what he says and do it? A lot of us know what to do biblically. It's up here, but it's not down here where we're practicing it practically. Turn with me to Matthew 21, please. Verse 23. Jesus' authority has been questioned from day one. His word has been questioned from day one. And here's an example of it. Now, when he came into the temple, the chief priests and elders of the people confronted him as he was teaching and said, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? But Jesus answered and said to them, I also will ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, where was it from? From heaven or from men? And they reasoned among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say from men, we fear the multitude, for all count John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus and said, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. And so Jesus here it hits them up on a question when they question him of, of his authority. He asked them about the baptism of John the Baptist. John the Baptist had a wonderful, blessed ministry. The Pharisees and the scribes envied that. They, they didn't like that. And, but yet they feared the, to say that 
because the people counted John the Baptist as a prophet, and Jesus knew this. But then the other side of the coin is, if if he, if his ministry is from heaven, then why didn't you believe him? Jesus goes on to say in verse 28, but what do you think? He's saying this to his disciples. A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterwards, he regretted it and went. Then he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? And they said to him, The first. And Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, that tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But tax collectors and harlots believed him, and when you saw it, you did not afterward relent and believe him. I just think that's just a, a beautiful section of Scripture of the reality of how Satan wants to question the word and authority of God. And how Jesus is looking at all of us to see who is going to do his will. The act of submitting, sisters, wives that are here, when God says to submit to your husbands as unto the Lord, where is that from? Is it from heaven or is it from men? Did God say that? Then maybe you ought to do what he says. Because there's no other way of tranquility, peace, harmony in a home unless you, by God's strength and grace, learn to daily respect your husband and to submit to him. I say this because there's we live at a time of, of crazy feminism that isn't really feminism. It's just women, crazy uh Empower, it's just, I don't even know what to call it. You know what's going on. Men are being sissified. And women are running over men in society. And, and it's all part of Satan's ploy. And it cannot be in the church. I repeat, it cannot be in the church. Angels are watching what we do in our homes, what we do in God's house. And God's a king of a kingdom. He's very authoritative. The thing about his kingdom and I bet we're going to be shocked in heaven of how important his authority is. How boom, 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 no in between. It is what it is. He has made the husband the head of the wife. He created the husbands to be able to handle that. And men, we need to buck up like men, gird up the loins of our minds and be spiritual leaders. That means we study, we pray, we take our family to church. We don't let our hobbies or anything else come before the worship of Jesus Christ. If so, good luck. We are commanded husbands in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, to dwell with our dwell or husbands likewise, dwell with them, our wives, with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Colossians 3.19 says, Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter towards them. So dwell with them with understanding. 
Don't be bitter towards them. Love them sacrificially. Is the commandment from heaven or is the commandment from men? It's from heaven. Then do it, husbands. Love them sacrificially. When we got married, we decided, correct me if I'm wrong, whatever she's into, man, whatever makes her tick, man, I'm there. She's mine. I want to spend my whole life getting to know my wife. I made vows to do so. So if our home is going to be blessed, we need to honor our vow to God. So after I get myself right with God in the mornings, my next goal should be, how do I love my wife like Christ loves the church? And if I do that, there's going to be a very peaceful, tranquil home. And paradise will, will be a happening in the path. And it does. And it's this mysterious, divine blessing from God. And our home is just, we can deal with things together in unity when we seek the Lord and then come together as one like we're called to do. Peter tells us in his first epistle, chapter 3, Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you do good and are not afraid with any terror." And so here is the commandment really for wives not to nag their husbands if their husbands are not right with the word. It's a command from our king. The way to fix this, he would say to my sisters, the wives in our church, the way to fix this is you show them by your godly character. Without a word. Nagging speaks of the same thing repeated over and over and over again. Depending on the sensitivity of your husband, it's a form of disrespect. It's patronizing. It's belittling. Say what you must in love. Speak the truth in love. Maybe twice, but don't, don't get into three and four or five times of the same thing. Win them over with your godliness, with a gentle and quiet spirit, which are precious in the sight of God. The inner woman. What's obnoxious about the world today is loud women who, you see it everywhere in the media, loud, obnoxious, running over 
their husbands, running over men. And we live in a society where men just sit back and take it. It's an anti-Christ type attitude. You want to know what's precious in the sight of the Lord? It's gentleness and quietness in a woman. That's what he declares in his word. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, well, that's from man and not God. No, no. What Peter said, I ask you again, where did it come from? From heaven or from man? From, from heaven? Then believe it. That's what's precious. Even within the body of Christ, it can be obnoxious. And I think as we grow in the Lord, we all learn to be a little more humble and a little more patient and a little bit more quick to listen, slow to speak. More trusting in the Holy Spirit to work issues out in the marriage rather than I'm going to fix it right now because that's my personality. What does the word say about your personality? My wife will tell me all day long, who I am, which is good. Bible says that our wives' husbands are the are are are, are a reflection of us. That the glory of, of of a man is his wife, and that word it speaks of a mirror. And so our wives are a reflection of us, but we must dwell with them with understanding. And I'm going to get really serious right here with the brothers, my brothers. Sacrifice means to exactly that. What makes your wife tick? What makes her feel unloved and what makes her feel loved? What makes her feel important spiritually and unimportant spiritually? What makes your wife feel secure in her home spiritually? Is it reading the word with her once a month? Is it reading the word to her once a week? Or reading the word to her every other day or every day? You should know what makes your wife feel strong in the spirit. And then do that. Not, oh, you're just needy. Go about your hobbies. God sees that. And your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling, according to Peter. Clarissa and I, listen, laundry has been the thorn in my flesh. Laundry. Listen, it's not that I don't do laundry. It's when I do laundry. <laughs> it's not that I don't help with the dishes. I don't, you know. She's a bit OCD, and I'm, I'm and like a brother said to me, that's a blessing. Because imagine if our wives weren't OCD, man, we'd have filthy homes. <laughs> Anyways, so, but. Uh, you know, so yeah, I, I like a clean house too, man. I don't, I'm not going to let dishes sit, you know, the next day. I'll do them in the morning with her. Like she cannot go to sleep unless those dishes are done. I'm Hawaiian. I'm part, I'm a quarter Hawaiian, Ryan. I'm on Hawaiian time. That can be done in the morning. It looks like you need sleep. Let's go to sleep. She can't sleep. That's, but that's me. I said I do. I said I do. That's dwelling with them with understanding. So I still do the laundry, but like we we sit down and have a board meeting once a week. You want to get down to some practical things? Have breakfast with her or whatever you can do with your spouse. Get a get a get a 
notepad and just write down what, what, what she expects about the home life. I don't just pastor the church here and just teach the word. I also have meetings about the physical aspects of the property. So it's not just being the spiritual leader of your home. It's like, how does she feel loved with the things that need to get done in the pad? And then unto the Lord, brothers, you sacrifice and get it done and, and, and not make excuses. But at the same time, wives, it's balanced because you know if they had an extra hard day, you know if they called you and said, I have a headache, you're not, they're not going to come home and say, you know, you know, your headache is irrelevant. You said on the dotted line, you did the laundry. At this time, I expect it to be done. No, no, that's not a marriage. That's a jail. <laughs> There's not love and kindness and understanding and joy. Then, you know. Another thing I want to talk to you about is, um, I was watching home, the home channel where they look for properties to buy homes, like couples and stuff. And uh, my wife and I were watching it. And in this this couple, they weren't married, but like the girl was, I noticed she was like snobby and thought she was all that. And her husband's like this kind of, f- f- kind of w- feminine, kind of just following around like a puppy dog. And like every little, every little, uh, suggestion he made about a possible house to buy. She, you can see it on her face. She was just upset. And as my wife and I were watching, I said, honey, I think that, I think that she feels that she married. She, they're not married, but that she, that like she's the couch and that she settled with this guy and he better get her the house that she wants or she's gone. That's what I sensed. I may be wrong, but you know that happens both ways. The wife thinks I settled. He ain't all that. My husband ain't all that. Or the husband thinks I settled. She ain't all that. Then the family might even get into that. Yeah, you're better for, than him. You're prettier. You're, you're more handsomer than she. Whatever. It's the world. It's ugly. You know who married down? You know who settled? The Lord, when he married us, he married down. He settled. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, let the husband render to his wife the affection due to her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourself to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. The interesting thing about the affection due here is that come together lest Satan tempt you. That's from the Lord. It breaks my heart. I've heard of stories of of marriages, even within the church, man, where husband and wife haven't come together in that way for years. What is that? It's, It's blatant disregard for Jesus Christ is what that is. Has nothing to do with the intimacy. It has to do with you think 
you don't have to honor that because it may be in your mind it doesn't come from heaven but of man. It breaks my heart. It's one of the wonderful blessings that God gave marriage for couples to feel awesome, be blessed, because the world is hard. And I know for, for speaking uh, for, uh, from a man's point of view, he, you know, we can look at that, that, that lovemaking and respect go hand in hand. Respect and love go hand in hand for a man. And then for wives, a lot of times, fellas, they're exhausted, they're tired from the day because some of you guys are playing video games or something and not helping out in the house or think you're above doing dishes. You know, my wife's dad never did any dishes, never did anything. That's an old school way of thinking. Want to know what's an old school way of thinking? Our Lord getting on his hands and feet and washing the feet of dirty disciples' feet. That's old school. What task is too small for the bride of Christ and for the husbands to love our wives? What task? Yeah, my wife has her quirks. She has her ways. But she's my wife. I signed up for it. And if I can get over my lack of patience sometimes, I'm telling you, it's paradise. I'm the most blessed man I know. It is a relic of paradise. But we have to do it God's way. You know, when it comes to adultery, the Bible exhorts the man, be enraptured with the wife of your youth. Let her breast satisfy you at all times. You ever ask God to help you love him more? I know you already love God, but do you ever pray, God, help me to love you more? I do every day because I know my heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Help me to love you more. And also help me to love my wife. Not that I don't, but I know my heart and I want to cover my life by saying, Lord, help me to love her more and more every day and to be enraptured with her love and her love only. You know, when we read the, you read, you know, Proverbs is a good place to read with your, I read Proverbs with Clarissa and Psalms, you know. I love it because twice in the Bible it says, contentious woman. It's like a dripping faucet. You know, it's better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than with a contentious woman. It's like, I find that the more I love her like Jesus loves the church, the more I, I, I give her the word and I serve her, the less, the less, uh, you know, arguing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the marriages in our church and the marriages that are going to be 
I pray that you would strengthen each and every marriage, Lord, for you have given us our spouse to bless us, not to curse us. But we know, Lord, that it's only through you and submission to you that we will be loving towards one another. Help us to be quick to forgive. There's so much unforgiveness in the world and there's so much unforgiveness in marriages. Help us to love and to forgive as you have forgiven us. While all heads are bowed, if there's anybody here, Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.